When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Derek Carr got a nice payday from Las Vegas. Fires to him. Touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Best division of football right now. It's not just one group. I mean, it's all of us making sure that we're all on the same page so we can execute at the high level. The Raiders have gone all in this offseason. Today marked the Silver and Black's latest move, signing Hunter Renfro to a two-year, $32 million extension. So, so far this offseason, the Raiders have extended Derek Carr, newly acquired wide receiver Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, plus Max Crosby. They also signed Chandler Jones for north of $50 million in free agency. However, despite all those moves, ESPN's football power index still gives them the lowest chance to win the best division in football, that of course being the AFC West. What's going on on this Friday? It is NFL Live. I am Field Yates. And right here next to me is Dan Graziano. Good to have all of you with us here today. And up here on the screen, left and right, Rob Ninkovich and Lewis Riddick. So, Nink. Raiders are clearly all in this offseason. Are you all in on this team? I am all in on this team, and I think that the index is completely wrong when, they're do- when they say they're going to be in last place in that division. So hear me out on this. They spent a lot of money. They keep a lot of guys in-house, so that they keep Carr. Josh McDaniels is, is new to this team, but he is an offensive mind. He is a guru. So you think back when he was the offensive coordinator with the Patriots, he had Wes Welker. Then he had, then he had Julian Edelman. Now he has Renfro and Adams. So with this offense, we are, we understand that Carr is the guy. They paid him the money. They paid him the money. And with that, I really think that this offense. And then on top of it, they're going to have the best pass rushing duo in the NFL. Chandler Jones leads and set the the uh, sack record for the Arizona team. And I'm listening out. Like Max Crosby right now has all the tools to be probably one of the top pass rushers or the sack leader in the NFL because he is that good. So they're going to have the defense. They're going to have the offense. They they are stacked offensively. So I really think that this football team, I know it's a tough division, but they could easily win this division, easily. Yeah, look, man, I, I expect Josh McDaniels to absolutely knock this job out of the park. Knowing him like I do, having talked to him like I have, and listening to him talk about the X and O part of the game, the player development part of the game, the relationship management part of the game, he's ready to rock and roll. And he is the key. He's the key to the, everything getting off the ground and running smoothly right from the get-go because he comes from one of the best schools, football schools, really in the history of the NFL in terms of what Bill Belichick knows about building programs. So I expect him to have this team going. As much as we talk about the offense, as much as we talk about Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, and how this offense should be explosive, particularly on the perimeter, look, I'll tell you this, Rob, I'm I'm with you. The defensive side is really what will allow them to compete in AFC West in particular against these explosive quarterbacks. Look, I was out at the pass rush summit, Von Miller's pass rush summit out in Las Vegas, six years going now, six years going strong here. 
and Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, that's Chandler Jones on the screen here, were two of the participants. Max Crosby and Chandler both presented to the entire forum. And people were dialed into what these two really had to say. One, because of what Max did last year. He, Max called his shot last year in Las Vegas. He said he was going to have the best season of his career. He said his life depended on it. He said his career depended on it. And he did exactly that. Look, and look, Rob, you mentioned it. Chandler Jones is the all-time leading sacker in the history of the Arizona Cardinals. Mm. And when he talked out there, people wanted to listen because he can be so unorthodox with the way he rushes the passer. People were like, how do you do that? And it was such a cool experience to see those two at that summit. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, these two are going to raise hell this year. They're going to be a problem. You better have some offensive tackles when you go up against the Las Vegas Raiders because they are coming for your quarterback, man. They got two of the very best in the business. Yeah, I like where the Raiders sit, Field. I mean, like, they won 10 games, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they made the playoffs. They were already good. And I know how excited everybody is, and for good reason, about Denver getting Russell Wilson. And I know how excited everybody is, and for good reason, about what Justin Herbert can do. fact of the matter is, those two teams have to pass the Raiders, who didn't really lose people of significance yeah. and added some people of significance. So I, I like what they're doing in terms of bringing guys in from the outside. I like what they're doing in terms of signing their own guys, right? Carr, Renfro, Max Crosby. I think they'll do something with Darren Waller, or at least least they'll they'll get they'll try to do that before the season starts so yeah I think they're I think they're in a good spot I mean mean, offensive line concerns not aren't aren't to be dismissed yeah but I think with Josh McDaniels bringing a new offense in there it's possible uh, they can mitigate I want to remind people of this perpetually we can love the process of all four of these teams this offseason we're probably not going to love the result of at least one of these teams at the end of the regular season when one of them might be 8-9 and and out of the playoffs because the AFC is just that good. But for now, plenty of excitement and certainly a focal point for that excitement in Las Vegas is the new-look offense with Devontae Adams. And since he arrived in Vegas, a lot of questions have been raised. Why'd you leave Green Bay in the first place? He answered that emphatically on Thursday. Where I'm in my career... um, you know, and this isn't a shot at anybody. Any other quarterbacks are, you know, on the, in Green Bay. You know, I love Jordan Love, especially. He's a he's a great guy. But, you know, I just I got I got aspirations of doing really really big things and and being remembered. And I just you know it just it wasn't really a point in my career that I was willing to to sacrifice. Um, you know, Aaron not being there. You know, after a year or two. What are some of the maybe subtle similarities or differences between Rodgers and Carson? You've worked with. Both of them for so many years. As far as talent and ability, I mean, it's really similar. If you, if, if I'm keeping it real, me, I'm Derek. Picked up where we left off, and you know, we both are so committed and and obsessive over our craft. When you got two dudes that have worked together and already built up a lot of camaraderie, and you know, have a close friendship, I feel like that makes it so much easier, kind of getting back and gelling, um, you know, the way you were before. All right, Lewis, a lot to unpack there, including a quote that basically compares Aaron Rodgers and Derek, David, Derek Carr, excuse me. <laughs> They're a couple Carr brothers. Hard to keep up with them sometimes. But compares them, and pretty favorably for Derek Carr. Uh, but could Rodgers and the Packers, you think, have done more to keep Devontae Adams in Green Bay based off how we answered that question? No. No, I don't <laughs> think so. And you know what? I'm cool with that. As a matter of fact, I like that. I like the fact that. You know, one of the things that I preach all the time, Field, that we've talked about, you know, both privately and on air about relationships and how much building them, managing them, growing them is really one of the things that gives you a competitive advantage in the NFL if you have a healthy situation in that way is something that Devontae valued, man. 
And that wasn't to say he didn't value and or have a good relationship with Aaron Rodgers. But he said, one, I basically don't know how much longer he's going to be here. And I don't want to sacrifice the rest of my career in the event that he's not there. You know, and I think what he's alluding to is the fact that I may have substandard quarterback play and have it affect my career. And two, I have a guy out here in Vegas that's my boy that I played with in college that I know very well that I expect us to be able to hit the ground running in a system that really is going to be tailor-made for both of us. I mean, look, I was a pretty good receiver in college. Derek was a pretty good quarterback in college. We had nice chemistry there. We're going to have nice chemistry out here in Las Vegas because we're both much better. Read some of the scouting reports on Devontae Adams from the time he was in Fresno to where he is now. Read some of the scouting reports on Derek Carr from the time he was at Fresno to where they are now. They're both light years ahead of that. And now they get to play together and be happy together and probably play, who knows, four, five, six years more together. That's a beautiful thing, man. I think you're going to see that trend start to really ramp up in the NFL like it is in the NBA. Guys want to get together and play with one another because relationships, I think, is one of those areas that it's not exploited enough and not utilized enough in terms of allowing it to give you a competitive advantage. And I think we're going to see that starting to change. Stars are starting to align, you could say. So, Ninko, uh, everything really good right now in Las Vegas. How about on the other side of this coin? What's your level of concern about the Packers offense without Devontae Adams? I mean, it's high. You have to think in clutch moments when you're in the playoffs, in the Super Bowl, every play, usually when it's a huge one, is going to that number one guy, that big guy. And when you're game planning against those teams, you have to take away the biggest target. So now Green Bay, they don't have that target, roughly 30% of what their offense was last year. So everyone's talking, uh, oh, the ball will be spread around more now and, and other people will have opportunities. I don't believe that. I mean, you you think about when you have a talent on the field like Adams, other people are going to benefit from that. So now he's not on the field. Who else is going to step up? And listen, I know they have some young guys. They drafted a couple guys. But in my day, when I was on the team and they drafted somebody, especially in my position, I was like, it's going to take a couple of years for this guy to get it, to to be up to where I'm at. So they're going to have to come in and they're going to have to play at a high level. And, And look at... Look at Adams, for example, his rookie year. He didn't catch 100 balls. And these guys that are coming in, they're going to have such high expectations to play at such a high level for Green Bay, to play at a level that really, as a rookie, you you want to learn from a veteran. You want to see a guy like Adams and how he performs and how he prepares himself. So it's going to be tough for Green Bay. I I don't think that they're going to have um, the firepower that everyone expects them to have just because Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting dilemma, isn't it, Rob? I mean, you, you would expect based off of history and based off of the past that, you, you know, you're going to have to allow for time for young players to ramp it up. They don't have time, man, mm. because they are – look, one, Devontae said the re, one of the reasons why he got out of there is like, I don't know how much longer the quarterback's going to be here. So who knows if Aaron – you know, Aaron's not going to want to play with a bunch of guys who can't get the job done. So now the pressure and the onus is on them. They have to pick it up right now, and they better take advantage of the fact that these guys are playing in offenses in college that now translate to the NFL much more quickly. And I'll tell you what, Matt LaFleur better figure out a way to get it going because they can't just run the ball every snap. They no. can't. I mean, as good as their running game is going to be, they're going to have to put it up if they're going to want to beat like that team down there in Tampa or the team out in L.A. They're going to have to be able to compete with those guys through the air, that being the Buccaneers and the Rams, just in case people thought I forgot what they were. 
And they do, I mean, they do love their running backs, obviously, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And you know LaFleur coming from that Shanahan system, everything works off the running game. The passing game works off the running game. So it'll start there. But I don't think the Packers are, are, are trying to kid us about what they have at receiver. I think they're, you know, they, they know there are a lot of what-ifs there. Like the young guy Watson, they, they're talking up Sammy Watkins the other day. Sure. We don't know what he's going to bring them. So I think it'll be a work in progress. But I definitely get the sense from people there that there's an aspect of we're paying our quarterback $50 million a year. He should be a kind of guy that helps mm-hmm. make these other guys better. And I think they're relying on that a lot. Too. I also think they're mindful of the fact they have a very good defense on paper. Special teams should be yep. a little tidier this year. And that division might be one where you kind of have a little so. bit of breathing room. Because I, I know Minnesota making some noise, but Detroit probably a couple years away. And same goes for Chicago. We are just getting started here on NFL Live. And up next, Dan's going to update us on the latest for Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield. Which teams could be targeting those franchise quarterbacks, or at least at one point in their career. And after some roster reconstruction this offseason, and Dak and the Cowboys have Super Bowl on their mind. Here, why our guys think their path to the NFC East will not be a smooth sail. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Game four of the NBA Finals is tonight at 9 Eastern on ABC, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Radio with the Celtics up two games to one. Coverage tips from Boston with NBA Countdown at 8.30 Eastern time. So, Baker Mayfield, still a Cleveland Brown. Jimmy Garoppolo, still a San Francisco 49er. In the football world, they're kind of like that pointing Spider-Man meme right now. Two guys in very precarious spots. Both of them are entering the final year of their contract. Mayfield set to account for nearly a $19 million salary and cap it on this fifth-year option. Well, Jimmy G is slated to have a $27 million cap it. While there's questions around both of these quarterbacks, they actually both rank in the top 20 in total QBR over the last two seasons. So, Dan, we've been talking about this since, like, March, and yet here we are. What's the level of interest around the NFL in these two quarterbacks? Right now it's not very high, Field. Okay. I mean, look, look, Baker Mayfield, I, I think people are kind of daring the Browns to cut him, right, because the, the money's guaranteed. Baker's on a fifth-year option. He's got almost $19 million, fully guaranteed. They have to pay him even if they cut him. So the, to the extent that the Browns have had conversations with teams, it's been about how much of this money are you, the Browns, willing to pay mm. in order for us to take him, and they haven't been able to come to an agreement uh, on that. Uh, I think, you know, Jimmy G's situation, 
is different because his money, his salary is not guaranteed. Right. Uh, so at some point, they may have to cut him if they can't get a deal for him in order to avoid it becoming guaranteed once the regular season starts. Uh, he has also not been throwing because he had shoulder surgery on his throwing shoulder right after the season. Uh, and that is expected to start ramping up at the end of this month, beginning of next month in terms of him throwing. So the 49ers hope that once that happens, the market gets a little more robust. And the 49ers could use that cap space. they got some players oh, yeah. they want to extend, like Debo Samuel, even if he still wants to trade, and also Nick Bosa. The Browns have more cap space than anybody in the league right they now. Do. So while Baker's situation contractually is a little trickier, Cleveland kind of be patient because they don't have any urgent business they need to take care of. But, Lewis, let me ask you this. I know it's been a long three months discussing this, but is there a team out there that you think will be better off with either of these two quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield or Jimmy G, than what they presently have? Oh, for sure. Look, the 49ers are not going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo to the Seattle Seahawks mm. in the division. But when they cut him, and it sounds like they will cut him eventually, I would be all over that. All over it if I'm the Seattle Seahawks. Why? Look, think about this. Shane Waldron, who's their offensive coordinator out there in Seattle, comes from the Sean McVay trees, coach in L.A. with Sean. That offense is very similar in terms of construct, in terms of philosophy that Kyle Shanahan runs out in San Francisco. That's an offense that's tailor-made for Jimmy G's style. A little bit run-centric, play-action, pass-centric, some quarterback movement, but don't get it, don't get it twisted. I mean, Jimmy G's not a guy who's out on the perimeter throwing the football that way. But this is a guy who, when he is on, and the running game is strong. He's got protection. He can throw as pretty of a pass as anyone in the NFL. And with the, some of the weapons that they have out there, when you think of Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Noah Fant, two good running backs, just drafted two bookend offensive tackles, building up the defense, Jimmy G is like the piece that they're missing. Seattle's setting the table for some quarterback in the next year or two, if it's not Drew Luck or, G Drew Luck or Geno Smith which it ain't going to be. If it's not one of those two, someone's going to inherit a football team that has quietly set themselves up. Jimmy G would be perfect to me for that. And if he ever becomes free, because again, they ain't going to trade him to him, I'd be all over that like that quickly. Lewis, I agree with you, man. I, I really think that if you are, have any question in your quarterback room at all and you don't have the guy, Jimmy G is the guy that you want on your team. I know it could be a little bit biased because I played with the guy, and, and as a young player, I can tell you this. He's a great, great locker room guy. He is one of the best teammates that you can ever ask for. And on top of that, I can think back to when he was a rookie, when he was a young player, he was running the scout teams, and he was, going, he was showing us looks defensively on the, the quarterbacks that we were about to play, and he would tear us apart. He would look at the card, and his down-the-field accuracy and his touch, I really think that if you need a quarterback, like Seattle needs a quarterback. Mm. You know, they lose Russell Wilson. They got a couple people there, but they're just people for a short time. They need a guy to come in. They have the pieces in place. I agree, Seattle would be a great spot. San Fran's not going to trade him there, but it looks like he might be available depending on if they can get a deal done. If not, he might get released, and then he has the op option to go there. But again, I think Jimmy G, a team needs a quarterback to win now. He's the guy. If you look at his track record and his history, he wins. Yeah. Of course, he's had a few injuries, but that's football. And as we know, once camp begins, things can change. So perhaps a bit more patience from Cleveland and San Francisco and these two quarterbacks could eventually pay off.
Commander's head coach Ron Rivera announced today that he was fining defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio for recent comments in which Del Rio referred to the January 6th riots at the Capitol as a, quote, dust-up and drew a comparison to the coverage of that event in the Black Lives Matter movement in the summer of 2020. The fine was for $100,000. Here's the statement from Rivera, quote, This morning I met with Coach Del Rio to express how disappointed I am in his comments on Wednesday. His comments do not reflect the organization's views and are extremely hurtful to our great community here in the DMV. As we saw last night in the hearings, what happened on the Capitol on January 6, 2021 was an act of domestic terrorism. A group of citizens attempted to overturn the results of a free and fair election, and as a result, lives were lost and the Capitol building was damaged. Coach Del Rio did apologize for his comments on Wednesday, and he understands the distinction between the events of that dark day and peaceful protests, which are a hallmark of our democracy. He does have the right to voice his opinion as a citizen of the United States, and it most certainly is his constitutional right to do so. However, words have consequences, and his words hurt a lot of people in our community. I want to make it clear that our organization will not tolerate any equivalency between those who demand justice in the wake of George Floyd's murder and the actions of those on January 6th who sought to topple our government. After reflecting on the circumstances, the situation and circumstances, I have decided to find Coach Del Rio $100,000, which the team will donate to the United States Capitol Police Memorial Fund. I feel strongly that after our conversation this morning, he will have a greater understanding for the impact of his language and the value that our team stands for. This also in, Chargers owner Dean Spanos is being sued by his sister, Dia Spanos Beberin, for alleged mis misogynistic behavior and repeated breaches of fiduciary duty, this according to Adam Schefter and Kimberly Martin. The lawsuit was filed today in California and calls for Spanos to be removed as a co-trustee. Still to come here on NFL Live, DK Metcalf is a no-show at Seahawks camp while holding out for a new deal. Hear why Ninko thinks DK should not be committed to Seattle long-term. When you talk about progress, it's one, when you're on the field, you don't realize how many people are out there fighting for you to be able to do what you're doing. It was great to have women performing at a high level, which gave them a platform to talk about why Title IX is a value and why it should remain and why there shouldn't be any changes because you are seeing progress. We have to endure, we have to stay persistent and our perseverance must prevail because it's really fighting for generations that's going to come after me and after the next generation. Throughout the month of June, ESPN presents 50-50, honoring 50 years of Title IX and the women moving the world forward. During an offseason in which we have seen all the big contracts for the wide receivers, it was notable that DK Metcalf was not present at the Seahawks' mandatory minicamp this week. Here's his head coach, Pete Carroll, on the situation. A uh, decision that he, you know, he had to make, and uh, you know, we missed him. Uh, he he had done a nice job and contributing, being part of everything that we we had done. And then, you know, he he just he's not here, so I I can't say much for what he hasn't done here. But um, we'd love to have him with us. Um, there's been conversations, uh, some, and um, we're in a pretty kind of a standard, you know, kind of some semi quiet right now. These are cru crucial weeks to, to get something done. We'll see what happens and, and, uh, and hope, hope that we can work something out. We really intended to get that done. 
Not sure what to make of that, Dan, but what are you hearing on the latest involving a deal between the Seahawks and DK Metcalf? I, I think there is optimism within that building about okay. that deal potentially getting done. I and mean, whether that optimism is justified, obviously we'll find out, I think probably, as Pete Carroll mentions, here in the next couple of weeks. But uh, a, lot of, a lot of people I talk to are viewing this as a situation where DK Metcalf has one means of leverage right now, and that is threatening to not play, right? So by not showing up for minicamp, he's making a statement uh, about where he wants things to be going in the, in the contract situation. So will he hold out of training camp or any part of it? That will be the big question if we get to the end of July and there's still no deal done. But the Seahawks believe they can and will ultimately get him signed. Lewis, we kind of have to zoom out for this next question here. Think about this franchise and where it's at. Do you think their best strategy right now in Seattle is is to find a way to get a deal done with DK Metcalf, which surely will be for many, many, many millions of dollars, perhaps $25 million per year or something like that, or would they be better served trying to trade him away and make it the third wide receiver blockbuster trade of the NFL offseason? Well, Phil, I think there's a lot of conversation that has to be had. And, you know, before you can get to what the resolution is going to be, whether it's going to be a long-term contract or trading away, trading them away. By that, I mean this. Look, how does one, how does John Snyder, how does Pete Carroll, how do they view DK? Do they view DK as a difference maker of the variety of the guys that have been getting paid top dollar this offseason? Do, really, do you really look at DK the same way you look at Devontae Adams? Do you look mm. at him the same way you look at Tyreek Hill? Do you look at him the same way as you look at Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, Cooper Cup? Look, I wouldn't put him in that category. I, I think he's a notch below that. Now, the next question is, well, what is he asking for? What does Seattle think of him, and what is he asking for? So if they're somewhere close in that low $20 million range and Seattle feels as though that philosophically it makes sense to pay him that amount, then fine, then you keep working towards it. If he's talking about Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup-type money, then look, my, my best guess would be that, look, they're not going to pay that kind of money, and they will look at what their next best alternative is. And we saw this past year. Look, wide receivers, more and more and more, are starting to be able to, are starting to be drafted higher and are providing great return on investment, especially when you're talking about, and by higher, I don't mean just first round, but first and second round. You're getting great return on investment by second rounders. And I'm not saying DK is easily replaceable, but at some point, it may come to that. It may come to, look, we're not paying you 25-plus, man. And receivers are coming in the league, and they're tearing it up at a much quicker, faster rate. So this is going to be interesting to watch. It really will, because this discussion has a lot of layers to it when you're talking about Seattle in particular. Yeah, li listen, if you're DK, who stole me the football, too? Like, they don't have a quarterback. And listen, if you're DK, you're sitting there, they just trade away Russell Wilson. We don't really have a quarterback. If Jimmy G was available, if he gets there, okay, well, there's that's a different story. And, and I think that team would be in better shape. But right now, they don't have the answer at quarterback. And Pete Carroll is the oldest head coach in the National Football League. If you sign a four-year contract, in two years, he might be hitting the surfboard in Hawaii, retired at 72. So I really think that he needs to figure out, okay, Am I going to be here? Who's going to be my quarterback? Who's going to be throwing me the football? Because we just had a guy in Green Bay leave because he didn't know if Aaron Rodgers was still going to be throwing him the football in a year. So there's a lot of things that this team has to figure out. Number one, starting at the quarterback position. Earlier discussion comes to fruition. It could be Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the football to DK Metcalf if he is still there in Seattle. Let's move to some quick reads. And 
We, of course, have more wide receiver chatter specific to a contract. And what's the latest on the contract stalemate or situation involving Debo Samuel, the 49ers? Yeah, opposite DK Metcalf, Debo actually showed up for mandatory minicamp, which is obviously, obviously an encouraging sign after he had expressed a desire to be traded earlier this offseason. I think that request caught the 49ers by surprise. They felt like they could resolve the situation, and right now they feel like they still do. But as we mentioned earlier, they may need to clear some cap space to get their big extensions done. Lewis, the Saints have their mandatory minicamp soon enough. Doesn't sound like we'll see Michael Thomas on the field at 100%. How important is he to the Saints offense this year? Look, I think wide receiver rooms are made up and comprised by general managers the same way you build a basketball team. You want guys who complement one another. Michael Thomas, look, this guy's one of the best all-around wide receivers in the NFL. He fits perfectly with the other guys that they have, like Jarvis Landry, like Marquez Callaway. You know, like Chris Olave, with him not being there, that's a tremendous hit to this football team that right now we're all excited about seeing in 2022. Minko, Gronk still a free agent. What would be your expectation as we get closer to a return? Could he potentially be back in the NFL this year? Just relax, everybody. Come on, he's sitting back. He's working out. He's feeling good. There's no need for OTAs, minicamp, the offseason. He's got great chemistry. We know Tom Brady and Gronk are the go-to combo. So he'll be there. He'll probably wait till the end of training camp. What a power move right there by Gronk. Who needs training camp when you're a future Hall of Famer? Let's go to Detroit, where Lions head coach Dan Campbell does not expect Jamison Williams, their second of two first-round picks, to be ready for training camp as their first-round rookie wide receiver continues his recovery from a torn ACL. who suffered in January in Alabama's national championship game appearance. Williams previously expressed optimism. Optimism, he'd be ready. Doesn't look like that'll be the case, but remember, this is about the long haul in the future for Jamison Williams in Detroit. Still rocking and rolling here on NFL Live. And coming up, Lewis explains why Bill Belichick being more involved in the Patriots offense this offseason might complicate things for a second-year quarterback. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. UFC 275 Saturday night from Singapore. It's another stacked car with Glover Teixeira and Valentina Shevchenko. Defending their belts plus the much anticipated rematch between Zhang Wei Li and Joanna Yimjae Chuck. The prelims are on ESPN2, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Plus during the Eastern by Pacific, followed by the main card on Pay Per View. All right, time for a little read and react, and we start in Indy, where the team has yet another new quarterback in Matt Ryan. Here's Frank Reich on Matty Ice. Great leadership, great play. I mean, just the whole way took command, you know, great uh, collaborating as an offensive staff with him to kind of work in and nuance some of the things that we do um, to kind of suit him and his style and kind of get to learn a few things about him and pick his brain about things he did and what, what are the favorite things you did in Atlanta. Let's see if we can incorporate a few of those things that kind of fit with us. So we got a lot of that done over, over the last number of weeks. Hearing about that new quarterback head coach relationship. Yeah, all good stuff. I mean, I think what you're hearing from Frank Reich there reflects what you hear from people in that building, which is very impressed with Matt Ryan's professionalism, fits right in. It reminds me a lot of the stuff I heard in Indianapolis two years ago when they brought in Phillip Rivers. Uh, and, and not a lot of what I heard last year when they brought in Carson. I thought you were going there, and I was going to say now, be careful, Dan. Uh, Tom Brady is in Bucks camp this week. It's mandatory. He's got a different group of receivers, of course. No Chris Godwin as he continues to recover from his ACL surgery, and we'll still waiting on Gronk. He also has a new head coach in Todd Bowles. Brady dismissed speculation of drama with his previous head coach, Bruce Arians. Take a listen. Zero whatsoever, yeah. He and I have a great relationship, and I think that's – you know, part of why I chose here was because of Bruce. I mean, he and I have been as uh, incredible communication, and, you know, I have great respect for him. And um, he knows how I feel about him. That's the most important thing. And I know how he feels about me. All right, uh, Nick, I'm not going to ask you if you believe him. I'll ask you, what do you expect to see from Brady <laughs> working with the new head coach this season? Well, I think there's going to be a learning curve here. There's going to be a, a, a little adjustment. You, you'd think last year with Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians is an offensive mind. He, he had worked in the Colts and he had worked with Manning. So he's working with Tom and they're collaborating together. Well, now it's going to be more so Leftwich and Tom running the offense and then the head coach just kind of sticking to the defense and managing everything in between. So I think it's, it's going to be fine. Listen, they've been together in the past. They're going to be good. The, the Tampa Bay Bucks are going to be really, really good. And we expect them to be, if not in the Super Bowl, close to the Super yeah, Bowl. They seem to find a way to compete when you have 12 under center. Hey, let's go to Brady's former team. That's up in New England. Mac Jones entering his second season, now working with a flurry of different coaches. As questions continue around who's going to be calling plays this season, Jones shared how this process is playing out in minicamp so far. I think we have a, a great group of coaches um, that obviously have a lot of experience, not only on offense, but defense, special teams, all that. So they've seen a lot of football. Um, and the most important thing is just getting on the same page, speaking the same lingo. I feel like we've made a lot of growth together, you know, as an offensive unit with him, and then obviously personally with him and as a quarterback group. So having his input is always, you know, going to be very beneficial to me. Lewis, do you have any concern of the lack of clarity? Who's going to be calling the plays for the Patriots this year? Yeah, yeah, of course, Field. I mean, I think even before we get to the play calling part, did you hear what Mac just said right there? It just, it just dawned on me. He said, Look, yeah, we've been having some good experience as far as, you know, the most important thing is getting on the same page, speaking the same lingo. Like, 
That's not what he should be really focusing on right now. I'd be concerned about just getting on the same page and talking the same language. Let's just juxtapose that with if Josh McDaniels was still there, what they would be focused on. They'd be focused on, hey, Mac, remember this play? Remember that situation? Remember this third down call? Remember that red zone situation where you did this? Maybe you took the wrong drop. You made the wrong read. Now they have to go back to getting on the same page, talk, speaking the same lingo, hmm. before they can even get to that stuff. So, look, I'll never doubt Bill. You guys know. Right or wrong, I'll never doubt him. The guy taught me football at the pro level. But yeah, I'm concerned, man. I'm concerned until I see it come to fruition on the football field in a positive way. I'm concerned as to what this is going to look like, for sure. Yeah, Lewis, I think back to when I was an uh, outside linebacker in, in 2010. We didn't have a defensive coordinator. We didn't have a named defensive coordinator. It was kind of a modge podge of three different coaches that were kind of running the defense in the meetings. And then Bill basically was the de defensive coordinator that year, but there was really no named coordinator. And the one thing I can say on that was you knew that you could always go back to Bill because he was the guy that was, he was the guy, every question you had, go to Bill. Anything that was kind of, uh, I'm not sure here, go to Bill. So now that he's with the offense, I can't think of a better guy to sit next to as a young quarterback to learn about defense than Bill Belichick. So I'm sure Mac is with Bill every day and Bill's showing him every single situation on how a defense is trying to take advantage of the offense and how to capitalize on that. So again, I'm, I understand everyone's going crazy and freaking out that there's no named offensive coordinator, but at the end of the day, it's going to be Bill, and he's going to have a lot of say in what's being run offensively and defensively. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Belichick is the, is the son there, right? I mean, everything revolves around him. Uh, and, and he believes in these coaches, right? I mean, just the fact that Matt Patricia was a defensive coordinator and Joe Judge was a special teams coordinator, Belichick sees these as guys who can coach, mm. and he trusts them. Uh, so he would rather do this than bring in someone from the outside that he doesn't know. I get the sense that that they see an opportunity to build an offense around Mac Jones and what Mac Jones does well, and that they're excited about that. And I don't sense the same kind of panic in the building that, uh, that is, is happening on the outside about who's going to call the plays. What did Bill say a couple weeks ago? Like, what are we well, calling? Minicamp plays. Minicamp plays. Yeah, like, minicamp yeah. plays. So, right, yeah. I, I think they'll – I think I'm, I'm with Lewis. I think they'll figure it out. Yeah, they have to figure it out, obviously, but I'll continue to make this point. A lot of optimism. I think well-placed optimism surrounding the future and the present of Mac Jones. Uh, next on NFL Live, the Cowboys. How about them? Their new look offense is taking the practice field down in Dallas. But are they the favorites this year in the NFC East after they won it last year? Minko tells us who ranks ahead of America's team. Talk to me nice, so don't talk to me at all. Talk to me nice. Yeah, anytime I'm on the Cowboys used the franchise tag on tight end Dalton Schultz after his breakout 2021 season, but without a long-term deal yet hammered out, Schultz has been absent recently from the team's OTAs. Head coach Mike McCarthy weighed in on the contract situation for Schultz. Yes. Yeah, I think, you know, clearly uh, Dalton's situation, you know, you, you have business situations that happen all the time in this league, and so um, I had a long talk with him on Friday about it, uh, but we'll, we'll see what next week brings it's it's business, you know. It's 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 business that that he's tended to, and and it's understood. Um, but you know, to, to think that he hasn't done the work would would not be would not be accurate. You know, Dalton Dalton deserves you know this position that he's in, and you know, so hopefully we can we can get we can get it worked out. 
So Mike McCarthy may not be concerned with Dalton Schultz's absence, but the Cowboys tight end was kind of a key part of their offense last year. He was tied for a team high in touchdown receptions and had an undeniable connection with Dak Prescott, so much so that when Prescott targeted Schultz, he posted a 95 QBR, the highest of any quarterback receiver combo in the NFL last season. Look at the players also on that list in the quarterbacks. All right, so the Cowboys are going to look to sort that deal out with Dalton Schultz. you got to figure he's saying, give me David and Joku plus money. But, Nick, how concerned are you about the Cowboys offense this year, especially knowing Amari Cooper is now a Cleveland Brown? I'm pretty concerned. I mean, I think that division's a two-team division. You look at the Eagles. They're stacked. The Eagles look good. I, I think their defense is going to be better. Their offense and Hurts, I think he's going to take another step forward. So the Cowboys, they better be better than they were last year. That's for sure. And the head coach, Mike McCarthy, he's got to be better at clock management and, and before the half management. We've seen some of those issues last year because Jerry Jones isn't going to give him much of a leash here to, to mess up. And if the first four weeks, six weeks don't go as planned, there might be a new head coach there. They got offensive and defensive coordinators that 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 Jerry Jones likes. So again, and Sean Payton's out there. Sean's out there probably in Dallas just waiting for it. So again, Dak is going to have to be really good and he's going to have to basically carry the team on his shoulders yeah. like his contract reflects. You know, it's probably too early for hot seat talk grass in most wow. circumstances, but as as Nate just referenced, Sean Payton now a coaching free agent. There has been some speculation about Mike McCarthy's future in Dallas. What does a successful season look like to keep him off that hot seat? I think, he's, I think honestly, he's got to win playoff games. I don't think it's a, if Mike McCarthy gets the Cowboys to the playoffs this year and loses in the first round again, I think he could be in trouble. Mm. They think very highly of Dan Quinn as a potential head coach, uh, and he's the defensive coordinator. So they feel like, you know, this could be the guy that, that succeeds McCarthy if McCarthy doesn't get it done. They do have faith in McCarthy. They have belief in McCarthy. He's the guy they hired. Uh, but... Uh, I do think if they don't have playoff success this year, he could he could be on that proverbial hot seat. Lewis, you look at that schedule and right out of the gates, Tampa Bay and Cincinnati. How dicey could things get early in the year for Dallas? Oh, it could get dicey real quick. I mean, and look, number one, they're good football teams, okay, that they're playing up against. But here here's the thing. Here's the thing. Dallas is going to be able to put itself in position to win those games as well as any other on their schedule because they have enough good players to do so. As long as, and I'm saying 1 through 53, as long as three important parts of this organization uphold their end of the bargain and actually go beyond a little bit. Yeah. That being the head coach, Mike McCarthy, who has to be better than he has been in the past in those situations that Rob is talking about. That means Dak Prescott, look, Dak Prescott is being paid as a guy who's a difference maker. He's being paid as a guy who's, who, when you say, look, we're going to get rid of Amari Cooper. And now it's not going to be, you know, you're not going to have two guys. You're not going to have him and CD together. You're going to have him. You're going to have Michael Gallup. We don't know how he's going to be. You're going to have James Washington. Mm. You're, and, that, and then Ezekiel Elliott, look. The offensive line coach, another guy who's going to be on the hot seat this year because he has to develop an offensive line with some young players that they brought in to kind of help build up the depth and eventually the front line starters. He's going to, have to get those guys playing on the same accord because Ezekiel Elliott needs, needs their help. Those are the people who are really in the spotlight this year. There are certain guys who are being paid, as Mike Tannenbaum calls them, to be force multipliers, mm. meaning I'm so good I make you better. 
Dak Prescott has to be so good he makes the wide receiver core better and the offensive line better. And Ezekiel Elliott, he has to be better to make that offensive line look better. And Mike McCarthy, man, I've known Mike for a long time. Mike was a GA at the University of Pittsburgh when I was there. Mike has to – this is a big year, man. These guys have to coach and play above what their normal expectation is for sure. It sort of feels in some ways, I don't know about Super Bowl or bust, but it feels like you got to win, at least as Dan said, a couple of playoff games to feel good about your job security going forward. Nico, let me ask you about this NFC East. Are they the favorites in this division, or how close is the gap between them and, I would guess, Philadelphia? <laughs> how close is it? Yeah. Paper thin. And, and, and when you look at the Eagles – you know, Hurts, I'm not going to say Hurts is, is close to Dak right now, but he potentially could. I mean, you look at last year, if he can take another step forward and he can develop, I really think that he could be one of the top quarterbacks in the league. And again, the wide receiver position, they got a bunch of young talent on this team. The defensive side, the pass rush, I really think that it's a two-team race and it's going to come down to the, the matchups and how they perform and also health. You know, how healthy can you stay throughout the season? Because you've seen it year in and year out. A team that starts in September isn't the same team in December. They're going to have, they're going to, have to stay healthy. But I think the Eagles are very close to the Dallas Cowboys. Think so, think so, Bryce? The last time there was a repeat champion in this division, yeah. my older son was a year old. In two months, he's leaving for college. This is not a coincidence. There will not be a repeat champion in the NFC. <laughs> it won't be the Cowboys. How about that? I love it. Planting the flag now <laughs> in early June on how things are going to play out ahead. Hey, it's time now for one more thing. And how about this? Our very own Mina Kimes is throwing out the first pitch of the Mariners game today. And she actually got some advice from Tom House. I mean, listen, there are people to get some advice from. And then there is Tom House, the freaking guru on all things throwing mechanics. And our only hope is that it goes a little better than our guy, Ninko. Ninko, I think you may have had a, uh, a, a flub one time with throwing out a pitch. Let's oh. roll the tape. Boy. No. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You know what? I got to be honest with you. We've seen That's work. not bad. That's not bad. Look at how... You look trim right there, Nick. Look at great back at your playing Hold days, Hold on, dude. wait, wait, wait. That was all right. Nothing bad. I think he should have caught that. Was that outside the? Was that? Was that outside I, the batter's box? Would that have been behind the batter? It was pretty darn close. I mean, you got to brush him back listen, every now and then, Nick. The, you you got to let him know you're there. I didn't want to. Listen, I wanted to show that I actually had a little gas, and I wasn't just lobbing the ball. I threw it a little too hard, and one hopped in. It wasn't too right, bad. Gas, it could have been. It could have been like. We'll talk to you.